Okay, how do you get over fear of public speaking? Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hello, how are you? I'm well, and I'm even better because of your exciting news. What's the news on Broadway? Yes, last night I was uh, coming home from Trader Joe's on the bus, and it was such perfect timing. I received an email that I'm going to perform in a theme park this summer. Yay! You auditioned how many times for this theme park? For this job, I auditioned four times, Mm -hmm. but for the theme park it's bush gardens williamsburg and i auditioned for them in chris at christmas time as well and they partner with a casting agency that i auditioned for more than that anyway so at least like seven or eight times yeah yeah with these people seeing me i think so yay that makes me happy quintessential growth mindset right there good job keep coming back keep coming back (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like it was very exciting i was right in the middle of talking to dad and i just sort of stopped dead in my tracks and he was like are you still there (laughs) and I was able to read the email out he will remember that always because you said dad dad yeah I did (laughs) I was really trying to not get my hopes up I've been thinking about how much I would love to do it and like "Ah, I probably you know there's so many people and they might have more auditions so it's called Celtic Fire the show you're going to be part of yeah and they told they said it's our biggest theme park show yeah, apparently it's like, I don't know where you win awards for theme park shows, but apparently it's won awards. We, uh, of course, did our research last night and went on YouTube and watched some of it. It's a good show. And what part do you play? Frankie. Yeah. That's her name. She's like a central part. Yeah, she's sassy and funny and yeah, it'll be really fun. We can't wait. It'll be exciting. And I do believe your grandparents will make a trip. I feel like that's possible. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a land cruise for them. Williamsburg will make them happy. Oh, yeah. They'll love it. They'll love it. (laughs) They'll come in the spring before it gets too hot. Very exciting. So a year and a half in, I finally have my first big kind of professional show. I'm so thankful. Paid theater. That's right. That's what you went for. Paid theater. Paid theater. Yeah. I'm so thankful (laughs) for these little shows that I've done this winter because it's really started to like encourage me that I'm you know like getting somewhere and figuring it out so Mm -hmm. I I really do think that if I hadn't gotten anything through this summer next year like I I would have been content I would have figured out how other shows to do like love this life yeah and to keep creating things but what a huge gift to get something in the corporate acting world (laughs) yay that's so exciting and that brings us to our topic for today which is public speaking which you do a lot of all of the being in front of lots of people and being okay with it it's interesting i mean for you it's kind of you kind of roll your eyes and go what kind of a topic is that that's what i do all the time right right (laughs) but um 
not everybody that listens to us is a postgraduate from college or whatnot. And um, we, I was talking to high schoolers yesterday because that's one of the things I do, one of my side jobs, side shows, what do you call it? Side gigs. Side hustle. That's the phrase. (laughs) Hustle. (laughs) My side hustle. Uh, I mentor high schoolers at at a high school in L.A., and... um, we do life skills topics and mm. one of the le- the first life skill they wanted to talk about this spring and they choose the topics they want to talk about was public speaking and wow. i said oh i i know public speaking is important and the, the uh person that i was talking to that we were um planning it to present to a bigger group of high schoolers she's uh, one of the team leaders um said okay how do you get over fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her, I smiled, and I said, oh, you never do. You just turn yeah. it into your power. So tell us about that a little bit, Ingrid. Yeah. This was one of the first pieces of information or advice that I received for acting when I was five, uh, fifth grade. I, I, I was auditioning for Beauty and the Beast. Yep. A little 10-year-old. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of ours who has daughters slightly older than me and my sisters said that exact thing to me and she is an actor herself the mom yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. she said you don't ever get over the nerves but you use it as your power which is a cool sentence and also a little elusive (laughs) so it's a great bumper sticker it's great to have on your wall to put in your head um what that means for me comes from an acting standpoint but I really do think it's true for all public speaking uh or speaking in general the thing is side note public speaking is one thing like to stand up in front and do like a book report in school or really to give a speech public speaking comes from so many other areas too I notice it a lot in in small groups where you're talking to like five people um or our manager is just giving us the pep talk at the end of the night before we go out to the floor at Trader Joe's. And it's really evident when they you know, they aren't good at public speaking because mm-hmm. they lose all, all their power in this, you know, with their, like, 25 crew members, whatever, all these things. Make your nerves your power. When I'm nervous, I, I, I like, shake a little. I get butterflies in my stomach. I'm a little short of breath. My hands might be clammy. Okay. All those kinds of physical signs. What that really feels like is pent-up energy. It's like a a volcano trying to burst kind of a thing. There's all this, like, movement inside of me that it's easy to feel like, oh, I need to calm that down. I need to control that. But actually, what that means is that you care. You care about what you're doing. If you didn't have any nerves about it, you would have no investment. And the thing that people are inspired by most is investment. Even if they don't care about it, they love that you care about it and they want to see it succeed for the for your sake. That's why movies ma- make sense. Because <laughs> we care because the character cares. So if you can make... Uh, if you can re-channel that uh, energy and instead of trying to squash it, um, find find your sense of inspiration and put it there, it usually... Uh, looks more effective and just looks uh, intentional. And then people are okay with it. 
I love that. It means you care. I've never heard that before, but that's exactly, it's exactly what it means. I love that so much. In the neuroscience of what's happening, I would, um, and I've heard researchers say this, it's the same hormones that are going through your body. So physiologically, uh, when you are um, fearful, you have uh, adrenaline going through your body, you have cortisol going through your body, you have dopamine going through your body, and your body doesn't know if you're excited or fearful. So oh my goodness. it's the same hormone that's going through your body. So it's clammy palms, a um, ra- little bit racing heartbeat, um, dilated pupils, <laughs> all shortness yeah. of breath, all of that. So your body doesn't know that, you know, what you're, you're facing is just reacting that way. Your body is releasing those hormones. So um, you can tell your brain can tell your body it it flows your nervous system flows both ways so your brain can Mm -hmm. say okay body (laughs) just like you said you care about this uses us at your power don't be afraid or use that fear don't say don't be afraid but use that fear as your power until tell people your story so those same hormones are going through my body when I do know that something is exciting too then yes like when there's a surprise party yeah or totally on opening night of a show yeah you have adrenaline that's so interesting you have a cortisol because that's a stress yeah. hormone it gets you out of bed um mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit of dopamine that's keeping you awake <laughs> <laughs> it's the stress hormone that gets you out of bed in the morning it's terrible a little bit <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> i have to get out of bed ah oh, this is stressful there you go <laughs> So your sister, when she was in her homeschool program, took a class in her special program called Schooling for Life, and her class was um, a public speaking class, and they used the Dale Carnegie method, and people, your grandparents' generation, will know who Dale Carnegie is, because he wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think this book was seriously written so many years ago. Um, yes, it was originally written in 1944, so he was born in the 20s. <laughs> um, anyway, he reminds me of your grandpa that lives in Malaysia, that kind of gregarious guy, smiley, everything. He had a lawn mowing business. He he worked at a drugstore or, or a hard, hardware store, and he decided to mow people's lawns. And he was a kid. Oh, okay, yeah. He, you know, so he was a kid. Um, he's like, can I mow your lawn for, um, a few cents a day? This was a long time ago. Wait, really? Back before we outsourced all of our chores. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he mowed the lawns and then one time he decided he went to, this is his story. Oh, okay. He went to, and I'm probably getting some of it wrong. So this is my version of his story. He went to the phone booth <laughs> or he went home and he called all of his clients and he said, could I um, mow your lawn? I'm wondering if, if you would like to have your lawn mowed. And every single one of his clients said, no, thank you. I, I have uh, a lawnmower. And he said, okay, thank you. Oh, before caller ID. Exactly. 
actually that was a thing. <laughs> yes, before the operator, the operator couldn't tell that it was him that was calling. However, he did it. Um, so right. he, but that was his own test to see whether or not he was a good employee. Is he tried to be the competition mm. on the other side? Anyway, so he learned some things about public speaking and the techniques of handling people. And uh, he wrote a book about it. And one, uh, so, so one of his things that he wrote was he, I think he calls the magic formula. Okay. Three steps. Number one, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Don't criticize, condemn, or complain uh, about your employer about your work about anything I suppose yeah anything. when you when you're starting out I mean uh, there was probably a place for that but this is when you're starting out mm-hmm. when you're starting starting to speak to people oh, okay whether it's whether it's one person five people a thousand people yes the number two give honest and sincere appreciation mm, yes so you know what's fun in doing this is watching people give uh, speeches, especially politicians, mm-hmm. um, like uh, city council members or s- small town po- po- politicians sure. or um, people that are giving speeches in front of a school because they use this formula and they probably don't know exactly where it comes from, but they usually stand up and say, administrators, teachers, staff, and students, I'd like to thank you for inviting me here today. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they give honest and sincere appreciation. That's number two. And then number three is arouse in the other person an eager want. So he says, when you're giving your story, when you're speaking to something, someone about something, make it about them. So kind of spin it. That's so true. On its um, head. So, you know, like. um, That's what dad's so good at. Yeah. Like I, I. I'm a procrastinator. So here's how I learned how to not procrastinate. You know, I I set myself timers. I found myself doing everything in the house except for what I'm supposed to be doing. But then I decided if I could get one step forward, what would I do? Just like open the page. And then I'm proud of myself for doing the one thing, getting one little step forward. So what in your life could you do that would be taking one little step forward past procrastination? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm kind of always ending with a question about how could this change yeah, your life for them mm-hmm. yeah i like that okay don't don't criticize first show honest appreciation and uh that last one <laughs> an arouse and, an eager want oh yeah yeah in a person. okay that's an interesting way to say it. arouse an eager want mm-hmm. which may yeah make it about them that's true right and i i'm not the most fabulous public speaker you're right your dad is a better public speaker so I could probably practice mine even more and and, like bring in that eager want you've probably procrastinated in your life too like bring it more into the beginning of it rather than the end just the end but like bring it in the beginning I mean I think say the topic what's nice about those pillars is that they can I it sounds like be a little bit interchangeable you're right Mm -hmm. like you wouldn't want to yeah they should be interchangeable because it's not like the rule is criticize second. You know, <laughs> you shouldn't criticize mm-hmm. them, really. Um, mm-hmm. 
I definitely think more specific than those three pillars has to be per situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I'm listening to a sermon, I don't want to hear the application first. I've listened to a lot of pastors that like mm. their thesis is the application and then they speak for 40 minutes. And I look at them and feel like, wait a minute, this is not a self-help class. Mm. I, I want to hear about the history and the like Bible itself and the literature. <clears throat> I wonder in uh, hermeneutics and uh, theology, pastoral classes, if, if they talk about that or or they say because you have an implied consent if you're sitting listening to a sermon Mm -hmm. that there will be something to do with you by the end yeah there's there's supposed to be the difference is that i don't want it to start with here's what you should do to better your life or other people's i wanted to Mm -hmm. start with my heart and my relationships because that's Mm -hmm. the point of christianity is that there is a very deep relationship Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so that was just one. I I was just thinking about that as like, that's where I I would actually want to wait a little bit longer personally, to hear application. Yeah, yeah. Um, Makes sense. But then in other places, like we, I have heard Dad tell lots of stories about going into business meetings. He's spent a lot of his life selling things to people. Yeah. Um We're pretty much they walk in the room and are asked. Why does this matter to me? Yeah, prove, it, prove yourself done. to me. I'm watching The West Wing right now. Oh. It's my TV show of choice. I'm learning so much <laughs> um, about the government. Mostly, like, gleaning small things and have to go back and be like, okay, what are they actually talking about? I'm really <laughs> loving it. Uh, but what's been striking and a little sad, but also, like, good to just remember is true because we are all human, is that in every conversation that these politicians have with each other on the TV show, they're almost their first question every time is, what do I get out of it? Mm. So as like congressmen are talking to each other or they're like trying to get a vote through the house or whatever it is, they're always like talking to each other saying like, you be on my side this time, you know, especially when they can like try to get like one more Democrat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. One more Republican. Um, and it it's never about, like, the morality of the thing or, like, what I believe inside. It's always about what I get out of it. Like, I, I, I'll give you this if you give me this other thing I'm asking for. Um, the um, simple version of that is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, <laughs> the Jimmy Stewart movie from 50 years ago. <laughs> I love that movie. What part are you talking about specifically? Oh, the whole movie is is about that. Yeah, you do this. You do this for me. I'll do this I'll do for, that you. for you. And and his hard, cold truth that he learns that he stands in front of Lincoln and learns is like, what? It's all about that give and take like that. Right, right. Yeah, like I just wanted it to be about what I believed in. I wanted it to be about goodness and truth, and that's yeah. not quite how the world works. That is true, even there. That one on one conversations and pretty much anything you ever ask anyone. You're going to have to give them a reason why they should care and what they're getting out of it. Yeah, that eager want. In the parenting world where we're all about the neuroscience and the give and take in relationships. And um, actually with my Parenting Your Exceptional Child class, a lot of 
Mm-hmm. The challenge of parenting an exceptional child is a lot of um, those emotional relationships are kind of unidirectional, one direction. And um, that's part of what makes parenting an exceptional child fatiguing. The, the trying to think about what does my child want um, without a lot of give giving. Then, then they don't give a lot back. Right. You have to watch for how they give back. Children always, always give back, but it. You have to be more creative in in seeing what that is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sometimes it feels really unidirectional. But that I mean, definitely as a a, a wise and creative parent, hmm. arouses an eager want in the child to, to do whatever the behavior is that you're looking for (laughs) at the time you just have to be creative how you get it out which is probably more empathic and and uh, good public speaking to do the thing yeah that's very true that's very true yeah it just occurred to me that it from a very cynical place it could look like pillars two and three of good public speaking uh, are a little contradictory mm. because the second one is to give an authentic, like being authentically thankful, like have yeah. some, give gratitude for being there and for them being there. And then the third one is to give them a reason to want to be there and give it, them what Even they want. the way it's worded is kind of a spin because in my cynical self, I would say, now sell, sell them something. <laughs> No, certainly. No, one hundred percent. Um, I I was. It's interesting. Going back to the Bible a little bit, I was reading Philemon yesterday. Which part? Because Philemon, the book of Philemon. Because I was reciting the books of the Bible in my head to find where it was. Because I learned that like the alphabet and can't think about it without going through every single book of the Bible. (laughs) Um. And I was like trying to find the book of Hebrews and then passed Philemon in my list and went, I don't, it's been a long time since I forgot that book existed. So I went back and read the letter of Philemon, which is one page long. <laughs> and um, there's like a three, three part list for who Philemon is because Paul is writing to him and is like begins with, I have heard so many great reports about you. He's met him personally, but he was just like encouraging him. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, of the, one of the comments was, I heard so much about your faith, the way your faith in God and your love for God's people. Mm-hmm. And I decided to sort of like stick on that and, and research through each of those words, um, go back to the Greek, really think about what that said, because I noticed in some translations, it said your faith and love for God and in some translations it said your faith in God and your love for people Mm. so like which was true etc back and forth Uh, anyway I just kept looking through it and I've been thinking a lot lately about where the word love comes from and what it means for me because to love people is a sort of elusive thing Mm -hmm. that's like I, I want to love people, but how do I do that specifically and how do I do that tangibly? Mm-hmm. And when I went back to the Greek, 
um, agape was the word, and so I looked at where it was in the other places in the Bible and in, in like Philemon, all the synonyms they used the word for agape. It. Yeah, your love for people is agape. Oh love. wow. Um, and the synonyms that I found were charity mm. and um, what was it? Charity and oh dear, like gen. It was, it was something kind of like generosity. Mm. There was this like sense of... Service almost. Giving without needing to receive. Yeah. And the more that I came kind of came down to it... Oh, consistency. Wow. Um, was there. And that really struck me. So what I ended up coming to was the reason that people were saying that Philemon was full of love and that that was the first thing that they said. Because mm-hmm. that was also what I was thinking is... If Paul's, I think, in, in Rome, I know he was in prison writing this letter. And when people talk about me, like when dad comes back from Calif- comes back from visiting New York to California, people are like, oh, you're just so angered. Like, how is she? I'm assuming that the first things that he says about me are, um, are like tangible things like, Oh, she's doing so great at Trader Joe's or like, like action things. Oh yeah. Versus for someone, for Paul to be like, oh, how's Philemon? And the first thing they say about him to be like, he just loves people so well. (laughs) Like that was what the report was. So what was it about Philemon that did that? Huh. And the, the, the description from the Greek word was, was, um, consistency. Mm. So it occurred to me that the way that love looks tangibly, the way that people notice it, mm-hmm. is through authenticity. Authenticity it or consistency? Well, I, I stuck to the word authenticity because um, it was like consistency and giving without needing to receive. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of generous idea. That's beautiful. Which is like a way easier way for me to understand the actionability of love yeah (laughs) all that to say i think pillar two of public speaking and like working in groups of people is really important because what that really means is that you're showing love to them Mm -hmm. that you would be that you would choose to highlight something that you know you can be authentic about because the truth is that when you really are authentically when you authentically believe in something you are going to be consistent mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And when you start from that place, first of all, people are way more open to hear you and receive from you yeah. and believe in you. Yeah. Um, so you can sell something to them much easier. That is an important factor. And that, I think, is where you want to know yourself and know what why you're standing in front of people and and people that are good at that know that wow so the main point is use your fear as your power because it's the same hormones Mm -hmm. and recognize that it means you care yeah yeah it means you care and that if you can stand in that which is a little vulnerable to stand in but if you can stand in that the the rest will come through totally and if you need a few more structural points to help you 
stand in that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. there's three pillars for you to work with. That is so true. And um, practice, keep coming back. Also practice. (laughs) Like you have been to so many auditions. Not that only that you want to make it your business, but um, practice on your own. One, One thing that... I think people find surprising about your dad is that he still practices before he gets in front of people. He practices in the car. He practices as he's walking around the backyard. He pra- especially his openings. He practices what he's going to say, and uh, that is uh, a distinction. It is, and practice doesn't uh, negate authenticity. No, just because I've practiced it a million times doesn't mean that all this like that I had to craft it because I don't really believe you know I think that sometimes people think well if it comes from my heart it can come off the cup right but I find the hardest things to put into words are the things that come from my heart Mm. because I can feel so much more than I can say so sometimes it takes a little more time to try to hone into what is close enough in the English language to make it work out yeah and and be understood that that's yeah that's important. Well, we have started to adopt in our immediate gratification culture of um, what comes off of our thumbs, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, and oh, oh. Um, <laughs> it like comes off not doing True. rough drafts and and not not editing and just spouting. But mm. um, you actually extend so much honor to someone if you practice mm. and do a rough draft yeah. and really think about it uh and and make it concise and and uh deliberate and it's actually quite loving to do that it is it is it is quite loving it's it's a service of sorts i'm gonna like you mean enough to me for me to take time Mm -hmm. to to speak to you in yeah a concise like careful way yeah you know that careful full of care away <laughs> well this is very exciting it, it it definitely comes from our heart both of us and it comes from our personality and all the different things we talked about about strength and enneagram and myers-briggs True. um it's totally zeroes in and speaks to who we are um but so yeah what we believe and and public speaking is something we all do every day yeah so every day yeah to, whether you're you really have a speech to like work at and get to or if you know that sometime today you're going to talk to more than three people (laughs) that's right well i love you ingrid and i'm super excited for you and i'm coming to see you (laughs) thank you i love you too mom all right bye-bye thank you for listening to hug and a high five yep thanks for listening if you'd like to suggest a topic ask us a question or share your mom daughter story please email us at hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com that's hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com all words hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com have a great week